So tell me what you want to get after this movie. A little puppy. A little puppy. So you can drip blood all over its nice white coat? Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Hi, I'm John. And I'm Bethany. And this is... Home Squad. Home Viewing, a podcast where we watch all the movies in our library from A to Z. Zed. Thank you. For once you added Zed in there. I appreciate that. Well, actually, you usually add Zed in there for Britain, but I always acknowledge for Canada. Well, actually, Ireland's a different country. No, it's the same island. (laughs) (laughs) This week... Not really. This week we watched a movie we haven't watched in a while, but that I picked up at the Barnes & Noble bargain bin, if I remember correctly. No, Barnes... Wait. No, we picked this no, one up... No, Borders at, is a dead one, sorry. Yeah, no, we picked this one up at Barnes & Noble when we picked up those three books at once. Oh, no. Yeah. I never read any three of those books. Yeah, well... Or can... the puzzle that we bought. <laughs> we we can use all <gasps> of them. We can do puzzles now! Oh, shoot, we can, can't yeah. we? Yeah. Why can we do puzzles now? Because I'm done with neuroscience. Oh, yeah. Bethany finished up school for the semester. Yay. So this summer. So now I can do more studying. (laughs) Yay. Game Night is a movie from 2018. No, 2018? 2018, yeah. It came out. It feels dated a little bit. Like it should have been from 2016. Why? Because... Well, because of the alt-right and Donald Trump references, it's probably because it was written in 2016, I would imagine, but produced in 2017. Their style is also kind of... What, the writing style? No, like the cl- the costuming. Oh, They the cost- seem a little dated a little bit, but I think they're just going for generic. Yeah, generic middle America, because this is a, this is a, one of the movies that was filmed in oh, Atlanta. Let's do an early fashion corner. That is not set in Atlanta. Yeah, like they always do. Yeah, which which was yeah. annoying because they said, yeah, this is the 4th Street Bridge. I was like, that's Ted Turner. It's sad. Every time there's a movie that John's like, hey, this is Atlanta, I'm like, well, I don't even care about knowing because they're not going to pretend like it's Atlanta. Which? The only movie that has been shot in Atlanta recently that was like, yeah, it's Atlanta's Baby Driver. And even then they fudged it up. They fudged it up. They fudged it up. a good bit. Okay. But it was directed by a John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein. Who? Well, this is the guy from uh, Freaks and Ge- he played John Francis Daly is the guy who played the kid on Freaks and Geeks. That's before my time. And he uh, was one of the uh, profilers on Bones. He- oh, Bones! I remember that. Yeah, yeah, kind no, of. You might this guy. No. No. Okay. No. Well, he he has faces that he made in Freaks and Geeks that became memes essentially. No, he is a co-director. So he also. Um, so it's a duo. Yeah, it's a duo. Not a single. Him, him and Goldstein. They, oh, they were co-story writers for Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So they're from New York. California. They're from California. The other New York. The other New York. Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Never tell anyone from LA or New York that you've said that. Hello, LA and New York. <laughs> you are the same, but one has no winter. Apparently, John Francis Daly began acting in... The uh, U.S. and international tours of the Broadway hit, The Who's Tommy. Never heard of her. You've heard of Tommy, I'm sure. The album, the concept album that Pinball Wizard is from. Who? By The Who? Who is Pinball Wizard? 
Ever since I was a young boy, I played the silver balls. From Soho down to Brighton, I must have played them all. But I've That's never not like seen a Tenacious like D song. From any amusement hall. That deaf, dumb, and blind kid. I'm sorry, everyone. He's a pinball wizard. If I ended no this fair, podcast, no fair use. I would get yeah. So I'm gonna stop right now. Good, perfect. Thank you, thank <laughs> you. you Copywriting pinball wizard sounds horrible. It's excellent. Not a fan already. I'm gonna play it for you no. later. You're gonna love. They played it at their Super Bowl show. Like, come on. It might be the most known. Well, okay, let's be honest. The most known Who song is probably Bob O'Reilly. Bob O'Reilly, for sure. Which is a fucking excellent we song. We did a medley in college marching band the one year I was in it, and it did not involve Pinball Wizard. It was probably Who Are You, yeah. um, Baba O'Reilly. Because mm-hmm. uh, it, it, it bleeds into... Won't, won't get fooled again, I'm sure. No. No? Mm-hmm. No, I think Bob O'Reilly led it to Who Are You. Yeah, so it was just... It, might it wasn't a medley, two. it was just two songs. I don't... That's still a medley. It was two songs. All right, Twitter poll. How many songs have to be in a medley? Oh my god, we can't just make Twitter polls. Twitter poll. All of anyone who listens to this is like, oh no, they never put any of these Twitter polls up, so they're fake. How do you? I don't have admin privileges to the Twitter. Everyone, let me just let me just see a list of the. He doesn't know what the password is. So. Oh my god. Okay, I just want to see a list of their singles, because like, how do you not know? No How one cares about the Who. Wizard? They're old and the irrelevant. Who are excellent. And like they have the song for the murder show. That's all we need to know. I really want to know. And it's not fair use anymore. Right <laughs> <there>. so. <laughs> oh, then your other one was real not fair use. Then you're gonna have to cut that out. Yeah, I won't. It was was for educational purposes. I was educating you about the fact that there's a song called Pinball Wizard that you don't know and should know. It's just... I can't believe... I can't believe you. That you don't know it. They're tacky and I hate them. You're the worst. (laughs) (laughs) We're married. This movie opens with people falling in love and getting married. Oh, yeah. Stupid opening. Well, no, I... Oh. (laughs) Well, no, I, I, I hate like when they're like, let's do a montage to show they're together when we could just simply say they're together. Well, you see, I think the montage was important for informing their characters because they got together because they were both being hyper-competitive at that trivia night, which works which like literally no other trivia night I've ever seen. hashtag annoying. Uh, we got pretty competitive at trivia nights before, but... It- Not me! I don't know what... Okay, trivia night goes like this. Other people sit at a table... I also am at same table, but know none of the answers. You've known several of the answers and helped us out a lot. I only, I think the only time I remember winning a question was knowing the hyoid bone, which is the one that you break to become suffocated by something or someone. Oh my goodness. Well, it also is just, it's kind of a useless bone. Like, what what do you do with your hyoid bone? Hyoid bone. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> this is my vocal warm-up. Um, what worked in this movie? Nothing. You're a liar. Bastion. Bastion. Bastion worked. You love Cute little boy. The jokes. The jokes were good. Yeah. I, I laughed out loud several times. Oh, Winston, whatever his real name is. Oh, Lamorne Morris. Yeah. He's really He's funny. good. He kind of plays the same person, though. Billy Magnuson was really funny in this, That's too. not her name, it's, is it? No, Double I'm, check. No, I'm talking about the guy. Oh. Yeah, no. <laughs> Billy Magnuson's... The dumb guy? Yeah. I really related to him in this movie. <laughs> I, I, I'm that person at trivia. Because he, he was asking the question. Yeah. What he, what he kept 
chanting bloodless bite and he was like okay we just have we just have <laughs> to figure out hilarious. no like, the ensemble didn't... is very fun it's they do the smart thing at the beginning too where they break them off into the separate teams mm-hmm. um because you've got three people who are very good comedy duos who all have their own plot lines going on like it's kind of a st- yeah i'm a big fan of the split po- plot lines it's like it's kind of established that uh sarah horgan and um billy magnuson's character they have this thing going where he only brought her because he wanted to look like he didn't just want to date dumb girls. And she is only there because she's a ringer. And he, she is so much smarter than him. This movie did a lot of really good setups that paid off later in the movie, too. Like uh, the Fight Club thing? Yes! It's just like a casual... You think he's just making this like casual joke and then it... He's like, yeah, rich people, for their game nights, they do fight clubs. And then later on, they're in a rich people fight club. And he's like, I knew they were real. Um, I made the joke that it was a capitalist, like, commentary when he slid the dollars over to Chelsea Peretti. Oh, yes! God, that scene was so funny, too, because the lighting in the office makes it look like a noir movie, you know? It looks like a neo-noir, because they're all, like, half-shaded, and, like, the camera is very slowly following it, and and it's just, like, the only thing that isn't working... They're trying to bribe the woman working at the murder because mystery Because I have a feeling most of the people listening to this have not seen this movie. You should watch this movie. I don't it know if it fun. was in theaters for very long. It is fun. It's Maybe like watching. a week. We didn't see it in the theater. No, we didn't see it in the theater. I think we saw it. I think we like rented it or something. I think we did rent it. Because um, we're from the Stone Age. Yeah, it seems to mostly be available for purchase and not for rent, sadly. So that seems to be where you can watch it. If you want to watch it, reach out to... If you live in Atlanta, reach oh out to me and I'm gosh. always willing to watch this movie. I am! It's the truth. It's so much fun. So the central con- conceit of this is that the brother of uh, Jason Bateman's character, so Kyle Chandler's character, is older and cooler and better at everything than Jason Bateman, supposedly. And he comes back in town for a game night mm-hmm. and uh, he, for and decides that the next game night he's going to host it and he's going to set it up so it's a kidnapping mystery oh and you forgot the dumbest part of this movie what that apparently his brother is affecting his sperm count and that is why they cannot have a child oh because he is so insecure with his childhood trauma that his sperm don't have good motility that is it's the stupidest shit like, it could just be like, hey, yeah. I'm having trouble with insecurity in general. Yeah! <laughs> Why does that to be part I of feel the... Like, I feel like bringing the sperm into it was an easy way to get into kind of some, some of the like, jokes. Uh, but like, they weren't funny. That Those weren't necessary. Those weren't really that funny. I thought, now, I thought all the ensemble work was very funny, especially when you had the couples and the teams playing off of each other. Yeah. Like, the um, the drinking game scene when, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when they're playing Never Have I Ever. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, they all have, like, interesting dynamics because you've got the couple that was together since middle school. You've got you've got the people who aren't really a couple. And then you've got the married couple who's, like, been married long enough and are thinking about having kids, essentially. And it's mm-hmm. just... Oh, man. And then you have the seventh wheel, who is wonderful. The seventh wheel. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Jessica oh, it's Fat Damon! <laughs> That's a... We call him that affectionately. Yeah. To be clear. Everyone loves Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. And we all love Fat Damon, too. We all love Fat Damon. Yes, exactly. He's so good. Jesse Plemons in this, uh, which I, something that I thought was cool, it was cool to have him and Kyle Chandler on the screen together because they're both famous from Friday Night Lights because, you know, Kyle Chandler played Coach Derek Taylor and, you know, Jesse Plemons pl- played Landry, the uh, 
nerd and cr- Christian yeah, speed metal let band Let me tell you, singer. Coach is aging very well. Yes. As evidenced by... Did we watch something else recently? Uh, Couch 22. Yeah, he's aging very well. What's fun about Couch 22 is he's Jesse essentially... Plemons is aging okay, but... The thi- well, Jesse Plemons, I think, upgraded considering that he's married to Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, they could play Jumanji whenever they want now. <laughs> well, they... Oh, I mean, this isn't even getting into what I thought was really what cemented Jesse Plemons as a very good actor for me, which is the best season TV ever made. Fargo season two. 105 Dalmatians. I have no idea what you're talking about now. I don't know. I just wanted to... The, what, how is that true? It's got to be like a named for it, right? Like Fargo season two, the last snowflake or well, something I mean, like that. You just consider... It's the Sioux Falls. Oh, our puppy is snoring. Yeah, she's She sleep- looks like a Dalmatian kind of. She's sleep yipping. Oh, her eyes are... Oh. Please tell me you're not asleep still. Oh, she's still asleep. Oh, God. Sometimes I open their eyes when they're asleep. It's horrible. How do you know you don't open your eyes when you're asleep? I don't. You don't know that. I know that. It could be like a scene in Return of the King where Gandalf sleeps with his eyes open and Mary's trying to steal the Palantir. And he just waves in front of him. And Ian McKellen, of course, is a complete pro. So he's just like... Right, this is an audio medium. You can't see the face I just made. Jesse Plemons... (laughs) He plays a cop who is off, I guess? <laughs> That's the best way to describe it. He's, uh, quirky. <laughs> yeah, he's been left, his wife left him and he's all alone. And they haven't invited him to game night since his wife left him. I think that's super which rude. Is, it, it Even is if rude. he was weird, like, they're mean like, people. Like, their entire thing is, like, the reason we hung out with him was because of his wife. And now she's gone, so what's the point anymore? It's like, why don't you invite his wife to the game nights. Like, that's kind of weird. she doesn't live there anymore. She uh, can still come to game night. <laughs> These people are weird. Let me tell These you. These people are weird. Her rosemary and red wine lamb shanks sounded so good. Does it, wouldn't that dry it out a little bit if you, like... If you braised it properly, it would No, because the point of braising is that it doesn't dry out because you do it low mm. heat with the liquid in there. Because remember uh, okay. the lamb shakes that we had in Morocco? Not actual Morocco. Yep, but we Morocco went to Disney Morocco World. for John Wick 5. <laughs> uh, the lamb shanks that we had there, they were braised just like that. And that's how I made the lamb that oh. at Easter the year after mm-hmm. that, remember? So, yeah, no. Braised lamb, absolutely delicious. Falls apart on the fork. So tasty. I like to think that she left me her recipe cards as a kindness, <laughs> but it was in all likelihood just an oversight. Look, he's, he's probably just... You know... Some some people, they just check the mail earlier in the day, but then you run the risk that the postman hasn't arrived yet. It's better to be safe. Gosh. <laughs> he Nothing ba- he said was illogical. And, like, he holds Bastion like the yes! godfather holding the cat, you know? <laughs> Bastion being this adorable little Westie. Oh, uh, so cute. Put him on a dog food. Really? He looks he looks like he might actually be yeah. in the... It's not Fancy Feast, that's cat food. Mm-mm. Little is Caesar, is Caesar? Caesar, I think it is Caesar. Yeah. Is it Little Caesar's? No, Little Caesar's the bad pizza. <laughs> <laughs> bad pizza. It if, is you were, bad. if you were thinking about sponsoring us, don't, because we don't like you, Little Caesar's. I, I will eat you in an emergency. I will accept, <laughs> I will accept any sponsor money. Give us money, Little Caesar's. <laughs> 
And Caesar dog food. Give us money, too. We don't feed our dogs wet food, but we will if you give it to us. No, we won't. No, we won't. They become spoiled brats when they eat it. So that was a quick breaking recording right there because we had a mic falling over because I'm a lazy person who wants to record on couches. It's what you get. It is what I get. If only we had a glass coffee table. It would never do us like this. That's another... See, all their memorable one-liners are from him. Well, no, no, because I think that there are some other pretty good ones, too, from Billy Magnuson, especially. Mm -hmm. I have one just like it in my mansion. (laughs) That line reading is so funny. Well, it's like, I'm upset with all of these people, because they have this jewel of a friend that's absolutely hilarious... Even though he brings stupid girls over, like... He's so funny. He's so funny. (laughs) And these people are, like, not even laughing at it. Well, I think that's why they keep him around, because he is fun to laugh at. Uh, But in the worst way. I think about... His life is stupid. We're really successful. Well, you notice that... Don't have friends like that, people. At the end, he had the Harvard Alumni Association card. Well, I think that was fake. No, it's not fake. That's the joke, is that he's that stupid and he also went to Harvard. Uh, Jeffrey Wright, he has a cameo in this, is the guy who's doing the, who's who's, who's the uh, fake kidnapper, the (laughs) FBI agent. He's like, no, stay away from, because he does, he does that like flawless FBI agent thing. And then when it's all falling apart, he acts it so well. He's very good. I've liked him since, uh, what was it? Casino Royale. When he, when he was, uh, James Bond movie? movie. It was a James Bond movie. It's the first Daniel Craig Bond. He plays the CIA agent. But you probably know him best from, well, A, Westworld, and B, from Hunger Games Catching Fire. He plays the tech guy. Mm. Yeah. It's funny, because when you say, like, the first Daniel Craig, uh, what, it's spy, spy boy movies? Mm-hmm. I, in my head, there's only two James Bonds. There's whatever happened in the 60s, and then there's whatever's happening now. Well, you haven't thought about Pierce Brosnan? No. Oh, Goldeneye was so fun. Yeah, I don't know anything about this. It's a good movie. I just never watched any of them. We should watch some. I don't really have a Maybe Maybe that could be our next podcast, is watching no. all of the James Bond movies. What if no, we, I want to no, watch did, art like, film. What if What if that was a art thing? Film. We did art film one week, James Bond the other week, no, and it was an alternating uh, thing. No, what? <laughs> I want to rewatch everything I watched in film class, because it was all good, and it was all quality, <laughs> and I'll never have a pure, pure six months like that ever again. <laughs> well, I guess it's like four. Okay, what else did we like about the movie? Rachel McAdams is a uh, Oh my god, so I apparently didn't realize that she has some, like, mole under her, like, right her chin. chin area. I, I don't think that's such a bad thing. I think I don't like it. It just... It, listen, it, well, they try to cover it up. Perfect, like, wonderful skin all the time. Oh, I don't. I have acne out the wazoo. I'm just saying, I like moles. I, I don't have, like moles. I'm I have so, some. I don't like I'm them. I'm so glad you married me. I have, like, three on my face. You don't have any on your face? Yes, I do. Where? Oh, well, I have, like, a couple, like... They're not here. Rachel McAdams' size, though. Some of them are, I could fact, cover covered them up. up by my beard. I could... They are covered up by your beard, and B, I could cover them up with makeup, and they wouldn't look like a dot See, on your face. I think face. that's rude to moles. I like moles. Well, then they shouldn't cover it up. You know who has a lot Is of moles? It? Gina Rodriguez. Have you ever seen her Instagram story when she's working out? Does she really? Yeah. They cover them up real well on Jane the Virgin, then. Hmm, Jane the Virgin. I like it, and you can buzz off because it's getting really good, and you'll never know. It just got, it embraced the telenovela, A, a little too much for me by the end of, by the time that I quit, and B, if you want to keep enjoying something, I don't recommend 
Well, no, because I still enjoy a lot of stuff. But if you're trying to, uh, I don't recommend writing a critique about how it's not really as liberal as or leftist as it what? to be. What? No, she and Abuelita go to a sex shop in the last episode that I watched. Yeah, okay, that's sex positivity, but is it for actually, old people? But is it? It was for her. Is it actually serving a purpose? Is it actually like it pays lip service to the stuff? Do but, we have to serve a purpose? Read my paper. <laughs> Read my paper. <laughs> I guess I have time to now. You do. That's the academic paper. You can, that's your academic. I paper mean, I've paper. read all your works, right, mm-hmm, baby? Exactly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Man, I'm so sad. We'll never get back that paper I wrote on Black Swan. Jason pa- Bateman is fine. Yeah. Jason he's, Bateman he's kind of. He plays the same character. Mm-hmm. Like he he's just always doing Michael yeah. for the rest of development. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the straight man, and that's and he plays a very very good straight man who like veers into the absurd because of how like. And I keep saying straight. I don't mean heterosexual. I mean like in comedy terms. He plays the guy who's not the clown. Yeah. He plays the guy reacting to the clown. Mm-hmm. But sometimes his commitment to being that so much not the clown leads him to become the clown and that's what's fun about the straight man is you watch him break down and you really see that over the night especially once you get shot by uh Rachel oh my God, accidentally. That, that sequence was so funny. that random idea is the most hilarious <laughs> what the, the idea that- they think it's a fake gun for a majority of the time that they're in possession of this gun and they make people like Lay, lay on the floor, and uh, she even puts it in her mouth. In child's her mouth. pose. Child's pose. <laughs> Do you know child's pose? Lay down in child's pose. You're gonna feel that lumbar opening right up. God. <laughs> no, there's just jokes per minute. Very good. Mm-hmm. Like I was laughing a lot, especially for like the first half of the movie. I thought it was cool. Like even though they were playing like it was in Atlanta, it is still cool to see it on screen. You know, it's it's cool to look out the window of the doctor's office and be like, oh, that's Buckhead, and that's the silhouette of a building I know, so they must be in downtown, you know? But it's annoying that they have to make it some generic town. Like, well, yeah, how hard would it be? But, like... Oh, but. Well, I mean, how many movies have you seen where they actually name what town they're in? And that's there true. are a few, but, like, movies like this where you're playing to the broadest audience, like, you want people to be like, oh, this could be my city. I mean, and that's kind of like what they do in superhero comics too, especially in the DC yeah, comics where yeah. they've got, you know, they've got Metropolis and Central, Central City and Gotham City. What's interesting is that canonically New York does also exist hmm. in the DC universe mm-hmm. because that's where John Constantine is from. Keanu supposedly wants to play John Constantine again. Uh, oh. But it's like, what'd he do an accent for it? Did he do an accent in that movie? Uh... It's been it's so. It's been long. a very long time, but I want to say no. I think about. I want to say no. Doing an accent. I, I don't think about, he ever has done one. Oh, he has. He has. Oh no! What movie? Uh, in uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, when Francis Ford Coppola made Dracula in the nineties. What? Oh my God! You haven't seen this. Have no. You? Gary Oldman as Dracula. Um, Keanu Reeves as Jonathan Harker. Winona Ryder as what? as Mina Harker. He was friends with the spoopy lady. Anthony Hopkins as Van Helsing. You've seen this? Oh yeah, I saw it. I watched it for just, I watched it for class. I watched it in my uh, Victorian class because <laughs> we were looking at representations of Victorian England. Okay. Yeah, no, it's a pretty cool movie. It's fun. It's interesting, and it plays around like a lot with like the dawn of film technology too, like and the idea of like illusions. 
Well, the 90s was not the dawn of film technology. No, I know, but he's playing with that in, Victor- in the Victorian era. Oh, they have like a camera or something? That's not in the yeah. Dracula that I read. Wait, Dracula's not in the Victorian era, though. Yes, it is. Is it? Dracula's Victorian. That was before that. Like No, it's Victorian. Rom Stoker was... Re- and you can tell that it's of the era because it's in an epistolary format, because it's in the form of letters and newspaper articles. Oh, which yeah. Which is what's really cool about yeah, it. Yeah, Oh, that is really cool. Yeah. Cool. So, game night. Game night. Yeah, there's no letters in game night. Well... Oh, the camera work in game night is very good. They... If there use if there is a static camera moment, then that ca- that frame is full of details for the story. Like I just think about when they're making up, making out on the uh, Marta train because that's what it was. It was a Marta train. I recognize that train. And you have the little banner going by that just says "Don't trust Gary." Don't trust Gary. Like each. I didn't see that. Each frame is like bursting with stuff. Like I think about the scenes when they shot in the in Gary's house. That was where you it had yeah a you lot saw of this camera. like uh, moving. But oh, you're saying static camera. Well. He, they were using the static camera there, but they used it to frame Gary so he had those antique pistols pointing at his head where he was sitting at the yeah. game table. But there's also that tracking shot where they're, it's it's playing this like jazz music by the pool and he's trying to f- fight off these people that have broken to the home. Yeah. And it's just him like going through different... Because the whole house is lit, but it's dark outside. Yes. So you see them like tumbling through these different rooms through windows, but oh, oh that was a really think, good shot. I think about when they... Um, when they turn the timer, when they're playing Celebrity in that first game night, too, mm-hmm. and the, the camera, like, moves slightly to the right every yeah. time they turn the timer. Oh, and then like there's, that. when they're breaking into the room and mm-hmm. the lock is the lock pivots. is moving, every time the lock is moving, the camera pivots with it. And that's something that was happening a lot, is the camera was focusing on a singular object and then moving with that object. You don't have to and talk they took that so to the fast. Extre- could, well, they, they took that to the extreme with down. the Fabergé egg, though. The Fabergé egg shot. The camera broke. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, there's a uh, there's a chase scene where the Fabergé egg essentially becomes a football. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that is so well executed. Man. Which I think makes the payoff even better when the Fabergé egg survives all of that and then they that's, smash it against you the You guys think that's got to be an homage to a different movie. Well, it feels really familiar. Homage to, like, literally any movie. Mm-hmm. That, but it feels really familiar. So I will say, I saw the beginning of the newest James Bond movie, and I haven't watched all the way through it, but they do a long... Shot it does like seem that. like it's, it would be something not, like a well, spy it's, movie, it's not though. Like, and it's not like necessarily action-y, but it's just him walking through Mexico City on the Day of the Dead, and it's Oh, but specifically done. the hot potato thing. The hot potato thing, absolutely. That's something that you see like... Like a comedy gag, right? Yeah. I just... It's very physical comedy, but it's also got action elements to it where, like, everyone's trying to get the MacGuffin, essentially. The who... Uh, MacGuffin is a term for an object that everyone is after that moves the plot along. So, a good example of this would be literally any of the Infinity Stones in Marvel movies. They are the ultimate MacGuffin. Boy, let's not get started on that mess. <laughs> um, and then, like like I said, the, the glass table joke, because that track pays off to the second time the glass table doesn't shatter. And Boy. Like, Tables are acting weird tonight. <laughs> <laughs> The, Den- the Denzel thing paid off, too. Like, <laughs> uh, like they set off a lot of stuff in the first act that paid off in the third act. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was masterfully done and masterfully written. What didn't work? Well, I don't know. Should we... The stupid sperm thing. So let's, annoying. Let's freshen up at the concession stand. And then we can talk about what didn't work. 
Hi, I'm Emily. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Steampunks, Steam a podcast about badass women in the history of steam. Steam? So like old trains and boats and stuff? No. Well, I mean, yes, but no. Steam stands for science, technology, engineering, arts, and math. Oh, like how Ada Lovelace was the first computer programmer, like, ever? Exactly. Awesome. I want to learn more about Steampunks. And you will. And so will anybody who tunes in every other Wednesday on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Join me and Emily on Steampunks every other Wednesday on the Pocket Podcast Network. And keep flying, you beautiful, majestic, steam-powered horses. All right, we're back from the concession stand. We got our delicious popcorn. Wait, some, I don't have anything. Some junior mints. No, no he, play with me he in didn't give me anything from this the concession No, he's got a fistful yes, of popcorn and junior mints and a Diet Coke, and he wouldn't share anything with me. There's vodka in this Diet Coke. Sounds lit. It is lit. There's no Diet Coke. They're, listeners, there's They don't nothing. have to know that. They, they do now, though. The children premise wasn't necessary. And I see this happening in a lot of movies right now, actually. It's too layered, yeah. Well, no, I see- Oh, the children thing specifically? Yeah. Well, think about... I'm thinking about Into the Spider-Verse now. Because remember, the entire th- the entire thing with Peter B. Parker is he's like, yeah, Mary Jane and I split up because I wasn't ready to have kids. Oh, yeah. No, that doesn't actually like... Well, it just feels like that's what's happening with a lot of people who are in their 30s right now. Oh, you mean be- it's a real issue. And might be writing movies as they're... they're like, the people who are writing these are, like, in their 30s and 40s, and they're at the point where, like, oh, maybe it is time to settle down and have kids, but, oh, I'm not, I'm worried that I'm going to lose my freedom, I'm worried that I'm not going to be able to, and then they have to have an experience that tells them, no, yes, I am okay and ready to have kids. And this is kind or of... Or they're okay with just not having kids, because our Earth is mega populated and dumb. Well, you see, that's the thing. They don't do that. They never do that because it always reaffirms the, the hegemonic nuclear family structure. Movies movies always end with someone being like, big budget movies like this or in yeah. the Spider-Verse. A studio film is never going to end with someone end being with... like, I'm okay not having kids. I'm good on my own. That's, that's in the indie territory. Because people have to have kids because those are future consumers. Oh, shit. Even when something's trying to be a capitalist critique oh, and say rich no. people are bad, it is oh, still Oh, no, it's still subject. a capitalist critique because they're making more money consuming monkeys. Jeez. Nothing oh, is safe. Oh, mind blown. Nothing is safe from the Mind blown. Now, American hegemony is slowly getting dismantled by the people who are trying to uphold it, which is pretty fun. <laughs> God, when she's getting ready to remove the bullet, she's like, it's from an alt-right site, so I'm just... <laughs> gag pays off so well yeah. too when the, it's like did you get shot twice oh that's the uh, exit wound <laughs> that felt very real I feel like that would be us that it would absolutely be us I forgot about that joke this time yeah because right? I was like where's the bullet where's the bullet uh, okay her deliveries on some of these things are not super good no, no I thought she was I, a bright star I just don't think I like her characters that she's playing it's like cute but like oh ha 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 like i don't know how to explain it like it's it's, it's lighthearted. i think like, the problem is you, she's still smart as a character do but you it's, maybe see her still as regina george a little bit maybe that's the thing because your complaints sound like you want you want her to be like the i want her to be like cutting edge ass kicking but this is like she's a normal she's a normal human why woman. do you have to have cute and, but then she's why do you have to be cute 
But then she, like, kicks ass at the end. Way better than Jason Bateman does. Well, no, but I'm saying her, like, line deliveries aren't... I liked They're her so line They're so flat to me. But the other thing is, she does seem to just play a foil one, to, yeah, Jason, it's not dimensional. to Jason Bateman's character. It's not dimensional. It's She's this one piece of a character, it feels like. She's a woman who's ready to have babies. Yeah, gross. Let's not keep doing that in Hollywood. That's annoying. We could do our own adventures without a husband. Oh, imagine that one. The ent- I mean, the entire thing is like, she and him are very similar people in that they're both very competitive. It feels like they don't. That would not work out. Let me tell you. Do enough to distinguish them from each other outside yeah, of the <gasps> They don't seem to have very. This is why rich I don't like it. Well, no. Well, I say I would say that we, we see a lot more characterization happening for Jason Bateman's character than we do for Rachel McAdams. Ooh, it's sexist. Well, we didn't know well, I mean, that from do, the start. We do see some, because like, she's able to handle herself better than he is. But I think yeah, but maybe it kind of reinforces the hyper-capable woman married to a schlubby husband kind of thing. Ew. So it's so in a way, it's falling into a lot of the traditional like comedy tropes that we've seen over oh, the last 20 years. Oh no, I've done it again. Years. What? You made, did you make yourself not like a movie accidentally? Oh no. I still find the I, movie I don't, very Yeah, no, I don't unlike it. I like the runtime. Too. Yeah. So it's like not quite a tight tech 90, 90 when you include the credits. I think tight. the theatrical run was. Well, a tech you should 90. watch the credits if you watch it. Yeah, yeah. Because they're cause, pretty good. Yeah, no, because they have the uh, miniature setup. Oh, I didn't even mention the uh, soft uh, focus yeah. that made the. Um, Made the neighborhoods look like they were miniature sets too, which was really cool. I thought. Yeah, they're. It's very focused on the fact that this whole movie is a game. Yes. Which I think is pretty clever and nice. Mm-hmm. It like oh, there's also not that many aspects. female characters in this movie. Well, you've got Sarah. You've got, but they don't Sarah get the Hardy, most screen time. Well, no, the most screen time. The goes- brothers get the most screen time. Yeah, and then it, all the scenarios because they're air quotes thugs and stuff. It's all male. Like there's no females in this like underground society. Basically, no women. You mean? Yeah. Yeah. No women, yeah. Yeah. I mean, not, yeah, I mean, you have the rich men doing their patriarchal mm-hmm, thing. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, ooh, are rich people bad? Maybe is is a pretty f- funny line. Oh, well, I forgot about Chelsea Pretty. Yeah, Chelsea her, Pretty shows her, up. Her five minutes are good. Yeah, I like. <laughs> that scene is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> Would she? <laughs> Gosh, she's, she's so funny. She's very good. Married to Jordan Peele. That was Jordan Peele's baby in her, I think, when yeah. this was shot. Because uh, she was actually pregnant when they made Future this Future owner of everything in the world. <laughs> Jordan Peele, man. Ugh, I can't wait to talk about him. We're, we're coming up on him right mm-hmm. now. Get Out is coming up. I'm oh. excited about that. <sighs> it's it's going to be... I just got a literal chip. <laughs> Bradley Whitford if in If anyone wants to guess, please. Allison Williams I think that, that would be good. Yeah. We don't have any friends, though. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, myself. Are we ready to rate this thing? Uh, do we miss anything? You think we got everything? I think we covered everything that I really wanted to cover. Did we cover everything you wanted to cover? See, the way you said that doesn't make it sound like you care if we covered everything. No, I do I do care if... <laughs> no, I think... <laughs> <laughs> That's the point I'm saying. Is there something that you want to address? Oh, how about medical inaccuracy? If that mm-hmm. much blood had fallen on Bastion. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Jesus. I think he would have passed out when she made that huge incision in his arm. 
God. When he, she's just qu- qu- uh, calmly poking his bones yeah. with tweezers. <sighs> yeah, he would have ha- been in, like, literal shock and probably <laughs> passed out right there. Oh, that was really funny. That was good. What? No, I love a random, like, uh... Uh, pharmacy run in, in shows and movies and stuff. Especially like, when they get something that they, they don't like, necessarily I need. I got bubble moment. tape and <laughs> a stopwatch. Country, what's country living for? Oh, there's a corn chowder recipe in here that I thought you might like for later. Also, what in the hell is corn chowder? Yankee. Is that a real thing? Corn chowder it sounds gross. It sounds real gross. Anything that has chowder in it is unless like a thick soup. Unless it's clam. I don't want to know about it. I don't know if I even want to know that clam chowder. I love clam chowder. I prefer chowder. clam linguine if I were. This is if it were pretty me. gross, but I used to really like Ryan's because of they had clam chowder. You ate buffet clam chowder. I. This is why I'm so oh, invincible no. now. Probably. Oh no. It's probably why I'm here right now. I don't know that you are. I think your ghost is maybe here. <laughs> I'm actually proto molecule. Oh no. It's time to rate the episode. Rate the movie, I guess. It's. I, I would say this is like a, a 3.5 episode, but what about the movie? Hmm. Okay, we gotta weigh all these things. Gotta combine cinematography with. Which is great. I love the cinematography with the in the questionable movie. jokes and the good jokes. The good jokes are really good. The questionable jokes are just kind of there. Here's the thing Plus I don't think there were cast. any, like, I don't think there were any particularly, like, offensive jokes in this movie. Like, there wasn't. There wasn't any yeah. like, transphobia, no, was homophobia, yeah. racism, but or anything like that. But at the like same that. time, there was no, like, I'm uncontrollably laughing right now. Nothing really got me to the point that I, like, could not stop laughing. Yeah, and that's the thing with these movies, is it's hard to pull that off unless you have a very long extended sequence. Yeah. The closest I came was honestly probably a cringe moment, too, which is when, which is when Bastion has the blood all over him. When he's dripping the blood on a bastion, he's getting I think the funniest part to me is when Jesse Plemons gets shot, and he's like, no, it's a blood capsule. And they're just staring at him. And game night. Yeah, and they actually get shot, which is actually still funny. because. (laughs) And you're like, wait a minute. That's not supposed to be funny, but it's really funny. It's so funny, because Jesse Plemons sells it, because he has the range. I give this one a 3.5. Yeah. 3.75, actually. It's... It's very good, very entertaining, very funny. I, I like a good comedy. Yeah. And I think this one does a good job of not letting the genre elements that are in there overwhelm the comedy. Like, even when but there think... are actions, it's not like extended gunfights or anything. Yeah. It's the people getting dropped into there. You're still seeing comedy characters reacting to the action genre yeah. rather than comedy characters dropped into the action genre. Yeah. Which, I don't know, could be a weakness of it. Maybe. I think... I don't know. John shakes his head no. I think that it's a it's a little bit of a commentary on, like, the heist and crime genre in some ways. And how kind of classist that genre can be, especially when you see... With, like, the rich people fighting underground stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's a fun movie. I like it a lot. Yeah. I give it a 3.75. Nice. And this is dice. This is, like, in a dice roll. Yeah, but these dice only dice. go to five. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I'm gonna roll a one and a two, and then I'm gonna add point two three to that. Oh my god, you're doing it again! <laughs> so I give it a three point two three. Quarter stars. Not quite a quarter. Quarter stars. It's not quite not- a quarter. Oh. Do you want me to lower my rating? You're hurting me. 
<laughs> and that oh, we forgot about the the what double cross oh no 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 you have to explain the double cross i forgot what it's it was it's not even a double cross Wait, what happened? it's a surprise no one well i mean arguably jesse plemons double crosses everybody by being yes. the one who set it all up yes but the what the part that you were arguing was michael c hall we didn't even mention that dexter is in this oh yeah that was the best part of this movie <laughs> Just a surprise at the end right there for us. Oh, a good film. A good film. Oh, yeah, I forgot. We love films. What? We love films and we don't care who well, it's knows. Just, it's, just, it's just funny because they walk into the bar and he's like, yeah, we love films. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would love if we could get t-shirts that just say, we love films. Yes. And we do love films. Oh, and the friend could have a little pocket with our little logo. Mm-hmm. All right, we're bringing back the, pocket T-shirts. We're part of the Pocket Podcast Network because <gasps> we're in the Pocket Podcast Network. And uh, shows, he's John. I'm Bethany. Shows including <laughs> simultaneous catch, the Ghoul Tank, time zones are hard. Just came back yeah, for came their back. third season. Ooh, they have these. They're doing cool live, little live shows. Yeah, they're doing live streams, so you can catch those on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Sorted. That's a new one. Yes, it's and a new fun one. And Steam. Steam punks. Punks. Yes. So find those all on PocketPodcastNetwork.com. Our theme music is by the Organ Machines. It's Oil Waves. It's a good song. Check Love it out. them. We do love them. I'm John. And I'm Bethany. Until next time. See you next time. Adios. Bye. (laughs) It's never how you knew it. Nobody looked at it that way but you. We all saw him drowning, but you were the one with the blood on your hands. Singing, I never saw that Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.